listener. Hi, and welcome to Broadsheet Melbourne Around Town. I'm Katja Vuktul, Broadsheet's Editorial Director and the host of this Guide to Melbourne. Before we hear about a new locally made limoncello and speak to one of the country's most exciting contemporary artists, we are taking a trip to the Great Ocean Road. An exciting new venue's just opened there. It's the first for Maryvale, which is a Sydney hospitality empire. But this is their first venue in Victoria. And then a couple of coastal towns over, we're going to be checking in on the Sunny Mead Hotel, a recently refurbished motel, which is going to be a wonderful place to stay for people travelling to the surf coast. Welcome back, Quincy. Thank you. Let's start with Toddy's, which is probably one of the biggest success stories for Maryvale over the past few years. Tell us about Toddy's here in Victoria, in Lawn, because I get the sense that it's similar but also different. Yeah, I think it probably strikes that balance perfectly um, from what I've gathered. The restaurant has a lot of those toddy signatures that people go for, like the big puffy wood-fired bread. That is a very Instagrammable bread. Yeah, super. It's been hard to miss that and feeds over the last couple of years. Yeah, I feel like people would be very upset if you went there and they didn't have it on the menu. So they do that. They do their classic kind of tiramisu and some of the pasta range, but then they've got a very specifically local Victorian focus, which is sort of the point of difference of the Lauren location. One of the executive chefs is Matt Germantis, who owns um, Fish by Moonlight in Anglesey. So he's really got his finger on the pulse of all the local seafood. He grew up in the area and is able to just get whatever's fresh and in season. Of course, there's seafood at the Toddies in Sydney, but there is a departure at this restaurant. There's a real focus on it. Yeah, definitely. I would say it's more of a focus here than it is at the other locations in Sydney, specifically because there's just a lot of like local pippies and mussels and things like that. They're able to get their hands on like straight from Lorne. I would say they're probably trying to um, keep it simple to showcase the ingredients. The fish is mostly just kind of cooked over coal with a bit of oil. Um, They have a Jasper grill, so a lot of things are going over that. This is obviously at the Lawn Hotel, uh, which Justin Hems bought a few years ago. It's taken over the old Movita space. Mm. Does it look different to what was there before? Yeah, it's been pretty much completely gutted and rebuilt from the ground up. It's kind of inspired by a... 70s Americana like ski lodge influence as well. I think, um, yeah, they're going for sort of those dark tones, wood, tiled bar, things like that. Tell us about the drinks menu. I liked the sound of the watermelon spicy margaritas. Mm, Yeah, me too. They're also looking for a strong Victorian focus there. So there's, you know, kind of classic cocktails and twists on those um, and then a lot of Victorian wine. Now we're going a couple of towns over to Aries Inlet where you recently had a stay at the Sunny Mead Hotel, but it wasn't always a hotel. No, it was a motor inn um, previously, and now since uh, the last owners have taken over, it's just been completely transformed. So it still kind of has that sort of classic motel structure and that you drive in and you have your standalone um, rooms that you can enter you know, from the outside, but it's completely washed with white and orange and yellows. There's a big blue mineral pool out the back and some lounge chairs around it and a bar that's um, beside it as well. And the location is great. It happens to be next door to one of our favourite regional restaurants, Allegrec. Did you have a chance to no, eat there? No, unfortunately there? not. But there was a, there's another restaurant at the hotel, of course. So tell us about that. Yeah, so that's called Santara. The owner has travelled quite a bit to India and the head chef 
is from the UK. So there's obviously that Indian influence there as well. So that's informed the menu that's mostly kind of contemporary Indian. They've got some interesting dishes like uh, panipuri stuffed with prawns and topped with Yarra Valley caviar. I think that was a standout. And there's a spa now as well in what used to be the old manager's house. Mm. So tell us about that. Yeah, I thought that was interesting because they had toyed with the idea of maybe um, turning it into a multi-person suite or something, but they decided to instead transform the whole thing into this spa. So every room is essentially used for different spa services. So they've got like, you know, all your classic massage and facials and things like that. There's a lot happening on the Great Ocean Road. There always seems to be. There's always wonderful things opening, but now there's a new place to stay and a new place to eat. Thanks, Quincy. Thank you. Zonzo Estate is a winery in the Yarra Valley, obviously known for its wine, and they've now got a very interesting new project. Here to talk about it with us is Broadsheets Publications Director, Nick Connellan. Welcome back, Nick. Hello. Tell us about Zonzo's new bottled product. When life gives you 32,000 lemons, make limoncello. Founder Rod McAuliffe has apparently been making it since the 90s when he owned a cafe in Abbotsford and he'd kind of perfected the recipe there and had all these people saying to him, why don't you make your limoncello commercially? You know, I want to have it commercially. Get it out there, get it out there. So so he was just serving it, what, to friends and family? Yeah, yeah, which is, you know, those sorts of grappers and limoncellos, that's often how they go, that they are just a little kind of family and friends thing. Anyway, so, you know, middle of the year in the winery, the harvest is done. I think that's typically done in March. All the grapes are picked. They've been put in the barrel. Things are a bit quiet. And he was like, great, let's make the limoncello. Um, So he starts peeling 32,000 lemons by hand, which is just nuts. And uh, one of his staff came up to him or uh, his business partner or someone and said, I don't like this lemon haze that's settling over our winery, you know, all the oils and the mist. Uh, So he goes and he gets a tent and sets it up and it's like his peeling tent. And classically, he goes, oh, it looked like a scene out of Breaking Bad, you know. (laughs) So So, good. So, yeah, they've made this, uh, this limoncello. The batches are out there now. Um, it's in a couple of handy bottle sizes. So I think you can get 500 mils, which is a nicer kind of smaller yep. size. And you can just whack it in the freezer uh, with a couple of shot glasses and have it after dinner because it's typically a digestivo. Or they've done a really fun spritz. So that's a um, pre-mixed drink that you can kind of just have, you know, at a barbecue or whatever you want to do. The branding's beautiful. It is like the big bottle would be the perfect thing to stick on a, you know, on a dinner uh, party table or a lunch or something like that. It looks really cool. There's an interesting side story. What are they doing with the leftover lemons? So there's another business in the Yarra Valley, Yumbo Lemonade. Similar story, kind of started maybe two or three years ago. And they had this horrible process of peeling, you know, again, several thousand lemons by hand and till the point that their hands were all cracked and bleeding. But they actually get rid of the skin. They only want the insides and the lemon juice to make this really beautiful lemonade that you can find at kind of places like Hector's Deli and Falco and other good shops I know the can. It's blue, metallic with yellow. Yeah. Now there's this great synergy between the two businesses. So um, Zonzo, to make their Zoncello, they then peel the lemons, take the skin and uh, steep that to make the limoncello. And then they give the peeled fruit to Yumbo, who use it to make lemonade. So it's like the whole fruit's used. Both parties get the best of it. And we get to enjoy both. Yeah. So where can we find the limoncello, the Zoncello? Get online. Just get on Zonzo Estate. I think it's zonzo.com or .com.au. Shouldn't be hard to find. Okay, great. Thanks, Nick. Thank you. Ramesh, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for taking time out of the install, very busy install period to come and speak with us today. No, I love it. Thanks for having me. 
So before we talk about the show, which is called Under God, you've had a pretty big year. What have you been up to? Oh, I love that question. I've done so many things. Like last year, my first monograph came out. So Thames and Hudson published a 368-page book about my work from the last eight years. I had a big installation for Vivid. I think big's a little bit maybe of an <laughs> understatement. Yeah. It was enormous. It was enormous and it was right by the Harbour Bridge and the Opera House. So it was really amazing to be able to frame my discussions around monuments and figurative sculpture around very key Sydney iconography. Lots of other things. I showed at Freeze in London. I um, had a solo with my gallery in Mumbai. And, you know, really got to experiment with materials in Broadways and you know, show my work to lots of different audiences. For those who aren't familiar with your practice, describe what it is you do. (laughs) I'm primarily interested in histories of figurative sculpture. And I guess what I'm known for is my uh, work within ceramic sculpture, but I also work within a whole range of different media. When I first saw your works at Sydney Contemporary a few years ago, it was the, and you still make these these pieces Mm -hmm. today, incredible ceramic pieces, beautiful um, kind of high shine and very, very emotive faces. Mm-hmm. I mean, it didn't matter what scale they're at. I mean, the ones I saw were actually quite small, mm-hmm. but they pack a punch. They're the kind of thing that you can put in a room. It doesn't matter that it's what, I don't know, 20 mm-hmm. centimetres high. It's the first thing you see. I'm really interested in colour. When I think about the way colour has been iterated in different societies, for example, I always come to looking at my own cultural background and thinking about how, especially within South Asia, for example, there's a vernacular on the street that's highly polychromatic. People in the street aren't wearing beige, you know what I mean? It's gold, it's shiny. And thinking about the way in which different colour schemes circulate politically and culturally and socially is something I always try and embed in the discourse around my work. So... Let's talk about Under God, the new show at Sullivan and Strumpf. So this is probably the first exhibition where there's a significant exploration of ceramic media in the context of a significant exploration of bronze casting and bronze sculpture. Um, So there are six bronze sculptures and there are about 18 ceramic works and they're placed on these different kind of ramshackle plinths and then the gallery is kind of flooded with LED rope and different coloured lighting. So I'm really kind of thinking about it as an installation rather than single works. Um, But the key kind of development within this body of work is two of the bronze works are kinetic. So they move, their heads move upon a physical encounter with a motion sensor. You know, as an artist, you're always thinking about audience experience. And I think part of, um, if we break it down into more bland terms, you know, exhibition design, or if we're thinking about you know, movement through space, I think it's actually getting more and more difficult to encourage audiences to linger around artworks. And, you know, sometimes as an artist, like you think, you know, there are all these secrets, there are all these surprises, there are all this, there's all this content embedded in details of the work. And you kind of want to attract people to have longer viewing experiences. And I think within my work, I try and think about different levels. So I think there's an element of spectacle, there's an element of shine. But when you do look closer, I think there are small bits, there's complexity that's revealed. So more detailed viewing experiences I see as being rewarding in that respect. I'm really excited to see this show. What else is coming up though? I'm actually working towards a big 
solo presentation in the UK for November. Um, and that's going to be a big mud fountain that's kind of pumping sludge. Um, so I'm really kind of thinking about um, a large scale installation immersive experience. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Again, you're, you're, you're about to go back to the gallery and continue to install these very beautiful works. We cannot wait to visit and I recommend everyone in Melbourne go and see it. We're really lucky to have Ramesh doing a Melbourne show. He is Sydney-based. Uh, so it's a it's a rare opportunity to go and see some of his works up close and they do need to be seen up close. Thanks, Ramesh. Thanks for having me and it's good to see you. Yes, you too. That's it for today. You can stay completely up to date at any moment of any day at broadsheet.com.au or on Instagram at broadsheet underscore mel. I'll be back again on Friday, same time, same place. Chat then. A listener production.